0: Views expressed in this program are those of the participants and do not necessarily reflect the views of 94.9 CHRW.
1: I'll be there as soon as I can. What are you doing? Leave the kid alone. Don't get involved. You see what she's doing? He's going to suffocate.
0: They're Laurelians. Before the age of four, they can only breathe methyl oxide. Mother is simply weaning her son. Could have fooled me. Humans can't refrain from drawing conclusions. You should learn to objectify other cultures so you know when to interfere, and when not
2: to. Good morning London. It's Thursday, July 26th. I'm Bob Metz, and this is Just Right, on CHRW 94.9 FM, where we will be with you from now until noon. No, no, not right wing. to color and color it to black and white under the everything will be all right and welcome to the show today something a little different for you today because uh, not only can you call in 519-661-3600 to join in the conversation today but from here on in you'll also be able to email me directly uh, if you have any comments or things that you hear, uh, subjects you might want to see brought up on the show, or even comments about shows that have already been broadcast that you just didn't get a chance to make a comment on. I'll expand a bit on that a little more next week because we have a little bit of a special show today. But... uh, Bear in mind that we will read all email. We certainly can't reply to it all. This is not a daily show. We're just here weekly, so we have to pick and choose, and, and uh, that's the best we can do. But we sure would like to hear from you and tell us what you think about the show, good or bad. And once again, that would be email us at justrightchrw at gmail.com, and that's all lowercase, J-U-S-T-R-I-G-H-T-C-H-R-W at gmail.com and I'll be talking a little bit more about that next week. Right now, though, a bit of a different show today. Uh, today I was uh, I just happened to run into a friend of mine who's visiting here in London, who's a Londoner, a, a native Londoner, meaning that he was born here, who has decided to live and work abroad in what many of us believe is perhaps uh, the socialist uh, paradise of, of Sweden. We hear a lot about Sweden. Some people have an opinion of Sweden. Some people don't think much about Sweden one way or the other. Uh, I've talked to some people. They say, well, that's where they make all those fancy tools and high-quality machinery and, and good good quality cars. But nevertheless, our, my guest today is Londoner Paul Lambert. Paul, welcome to the show. Thank you, Paul. And... Um, You know, I was looking at some information about Sweden. I guess the first thing is, tell us a little bit about yourself and why you went to Sweden in the first place, and then we'll get back to a couple of these stats.
3: Well, it was very much by accident. Uh, I was in Iceland first. uh, As a a teenager, I always wanted to go to Iceland. And so I went from London to Iceland. And uh, I was there for about just under two years. And... uh, just studies uh, in other circumstances took me to Sweden. I didn't intend to stay as long as I did, okay. but I ended up getting stuck in. Yeah. Uh, got a job, did yeah. my studying, made friends, made enemies, and just became part of uh, that culture.
2: Now, while you were in mm. Sweden, you also became a teacher for a while, didn't you? I was teaching for about three years. That's and right. and uh, what level?
3: It was, that was middle school. That uh, corresponds be... to the fourth, fifth, and sixth grade here in Ontario. OK,
2: now I'll tell you. Now, you and I, we've known each other for a while. And uh, since you moved abroad, we've kept in touch at least once or twice a year, That's right. if not a little more frequently. And um, some of the things you've told me over the over the years about Sweden and living in Sweden and the comparisons between Canada and Sweden, because you're one of the few people that would be in a position to appreciate that stark difference and, and be aware of it. Because as a Canadian, if I only went over there for a while, I'd be the tourist. I probably have a very different impression than, than actually living there. And also, being Canadian yourself, you know what it's like to be Canadian. You kind of have an idea of how we are here. did a little bit of research. I, I remember sharing this with you just a little bit before, mm-hmm. just to give some idea in encyclopedias. Just a few statistics. We're not going to get into that today, but just to give you an idea... I went through an encyclopedia. Certainly Sweden's a lot smaller than Canada in terms of geography. Area 173,729 square miles compared to Canada's uh, 3,851,809 square miles. Canada has a population of, uh, according to this, we're a little bit above that now, this is a few years old, but I want to compare the same years mm-hmm. to same years. When we were at 29 million, uh, Sweden was at 8,700,000. Um, it talks about the major cities here. Uh, interestingly here, we have uh, main religion in Canada is listed as Christianity, same as in Sweden. Um, we have the official languages of English and French. Um, now, it says here official language in Sweden is Swedish, but when I mentioned that to you, you told me... That
3: no, that, that's right. Uh, of course, all official government documents are in Swedish, but there's no official status of any one language in Sweden like you have in Canada or some other countries. Uh, ironically enough, Finland is the only country where Swedish is an official language. Now,
2: isn't that interesting? So the difference would be that in, in, uh, in Finland, you said? In Finland, yes. There would then be some sort of... Oh, consequences they're, they're, to dealing in the wrong language well, under certain circumstances? Well, they're they're said
3: to be the, the most protected minority, the Swedish-speaking Finns. Ah. They have a right to take their exams in, in Swedish. The All road signs are in Swedish. They get service at the post office in Swedish. And, uh, well, no other language, no language in particular, has such guarantees in Sweden. Interesting. Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, I was also looking the form of governments that are both considered constitutional monarchy, Canada and Sweden. Yes. I noticed the per capita GNP is a little bit higher in Sweden than in Canada, interestingly enough, expressed in terms of U.S. dollars. Uh, in this year, uh, out of this encyclopedia around 2001 or, and 2 we're talking $26,780 for Sweden versus U.S., 20320 for Canada. I compared similar figures from... Uh, other current publications here, including uh, the World Report by The Economist, 21st edition, and the Economic Freedom of the World uh, Report that the Fraser Institute puts out. And, you know, when you look at the stats, and I went, we went through them this morning really quickly, there wasn't, just to look at it statistically, you'd almost think Sweden and Canada were twin brothers or something like that. If you just look at the stats, the GNP, that, and yet when I hear you talk about what it's actually there, like to live there, it's very different in so many ways, things that the statistics just can't well, tell yeah, us. So, but, yeah. you know, what would have been, what would be the first thing you tell somebody that uh, well, don't you have believe to everything you read? <laughs> not true. Well,
3: it's not a matter of not believing what you read. Statistics tell one story, and within a given context, it is sure. correct. Now that uh, there'd be different rankings of different countries economically and in other ways. Um, for instance, if Sweden is higher ranked than Canada, does that mean someone in Canada can just go to Sweden and he will necessarily live a better life or have a better standard of living? And uh, no, that's that's not necessarily true. There are other factors, uh, cultural factors, and uh, you know, other things like that 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 play an important role.
2: So, so, so living in in uh, in Sweden is how, how is it every day? Like, like even for example, what's it like to go shopping in Sweden? How much? How much is gas? I, I think you told me something around two fifty a yeah, liter.
3: Yeah, if you're driving a car, it's two dollars fifty cents a liter. And what's funny is that uh, I find over here that's a, a big point of conversation is the price of gas. Everyone's talking about the price of gas. There's talk radio shows about it. It's not such a big point of conversation over in Sweden even well, though it's so much more expensive. But it's been up there
2: for quite a while, hasn't yeah, it?
3: Yeah, it's something I suppose they've whereas, used Whereas, see, it, when uh, you're coming
2: back yeah. here, I remember you mm-hmm. mentioning this to me last mm-hmm. year, because last year at this time we just topped the dollar, got pretty close to it for the first time, and you were wondering what all the fuss was about. <laughs> and I had to explain to you, mm-hmm. well, just a couple of weeks ago we were down at 81 or 82 mm-hmm. or something like that, whereas you had sort of been under the impression, being away now, mm-hmm. that maybe we were up there for a while. But no, we're still... Fluctuating quite a bit on the yeah. gas prices in that sense. Well,
3: you you asked about uh, shopping. The first thing you notice, are uh, two things you notice, first of all, everything is much more expensive, um, that is due in part to taxation and, and other factors. And there are there is a much smaller variety of things to buy, in Sweden, much fewer products in Sweden. So
2: right away, I already see how that when you look at that statistic where it says the average swede has six thousand more than the average canadian you can already see where most of that has to be spent just to be equal well that's right in in terms of paying for gas at 250 a liter Uh, so it really doesn't tell the story about no, it it buys it
3: buys you much less. That, it, that's my experience. Anyway, it, it does buy you much less.
2: Now, one thing, some of the smaller comments, or what what seem to be insignificant comments that you make to me when you visit back to Canada, you know, you, you make a comment like, "Gee, the people in the stores here are so friendly." You
3: tell me, aren't they in Sweden? No, no, it, no? it's it's outstanding, and it's a, it's a bit of a shame that I have become used to the way people treat me in in Sweden, but. No, uh, you come to Canada. They go out of their way to help find something. I was just looking for a package of bread. Yeah. Uh, at the store, and here in Canada. Yeah, here yeah. in Canada. Yeah. And the man actually took me all the way across. Took me. Didn't even tell me which aisle. He took me across the entire store. Stopped what he was doing to help me find a package of bread. That would never happen in Sweden. In Sweden, you go and you ask for help. You almost feel like you're interrupting them, or they they react in a very. They're very rude. They're downright rude to you, and. Then, well, how, how do they stay in business, business
2: then, if, if you're not serving the customer? don't. Why do you keep going back to a store where they're treating you rudely, or is that the only choice no, you that, have? No, that's the only
3: choice I have, and, <laughs> and in fairness, it's. Uh, I don't think they mean to be rude. They just don't understand that that's, that's not the way to behave, and, and I suppose if an entire culture has that, then that, that becomes the norm. But, uh, yeah, it is very abrupt in, in Sweden, and you're saying that people here... Complain about how they're treated in stores. Yeah. Yeah, I I find that unbelievable. And even with traffic. Uh,
2: What was uh, it you were saying about the traffic? Oh, you said people uh, here are very, very friendly in traffic. Oh, they are. I mean, there are a few boneheads
3: (laughs) who don't know how to drive, but yeah, it's no problem. I noticed merging and. If you're stuck in a red light and stuff, people, they wait. They don't honk their horns at you. It's the total opposite. And
2: yet, if you're here full time and listen long enough
3: to various talk radio shows, you'll hear that we have the worst
2: drivers in the world. And that they cut you off and they're impolite and it's getting more dangerous all the time. And then you come here, and from someone from another environment, you tell me, oh, wow, it's really great here. Well, that's not to say
3: there's not room for improvement. I'm you sure. always aim for perfection, but, you know, at the same time, relax. It's hardly the worst. In the world. Sweden's not the worst in the world. I wouldn't want to drive in some African countries or South America, right, where I'm told it's much worse.
2: Now, you first left. You, were pretty, you, you must have been pretty young when you left Canada. I about, was 19. You were 19, and then you, you didn't go to Sweden first. You went to Iceland. I went to Iceland, yes. So tell us a bit about Iceland and then what made you decide to go to Sweden and then sort of expectations versus reality or were they pleasant were they
3: unpleasant well because you're you, you were going there to live not well uh, yeah well my move to my move to iceland was very deliberate it was about four years in the making and so when i went there it was everything i expected uh, and, and, and what attracted it. you there well it was a uh, well, it was the, the culture and, and the history and just reading about the way people are iceland's a very individualistic society Um, people are they get up in the morning they do things it's go 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 all the time and uh, at the same time the the climate while it's harsh the the landscape's very beautiful it's a very unique place there's volcanoes and deserts and Mm -hmm. rolling hills you can pass through all in one day and uh, it's a very beautiful country Does it live up
2: to its name Iceland?
3: Well not in uh, no not really in the way Greenland doesn't live up to its name either it's rather opposite (laughs) Iceland is rather green while Greenland is is very icy Um, but uh, what I like about Iceland as well is, uh, you know, this is a, a political show. the The, the political uh, system, is, is, the politicians are, are far more level-headed, more down to earth. You might not like everything, but they the face reality. They don't give a lot of empty promises, and. Uh, Know, and, and, in, and what were you? how long were you in Iceland? I was in Iceland just I uh, guess just, just over two years. Maybe. and during that time you were doing mainly what? Well, I was uh, well, I was studying at the university, and I also oh. uh, I was working at a fish factory. okay that, that was that was hard work.
2: But, I imagine. Yeah. And so then what attracted you from Iceland to Sweden two years after that? Oh you, were, you graduated, I, think, I assume at that point or finished no, school. no, I hadn't
3: that, that was the point. in order to continue uh, the particular education I wanted to do, mm-hmm. I had to go abroad and uh, Sweden presented itself uh, for a few different reasons. But, oh, so you went yeah. there to school, basically. Yeah, I did go there with. to school, and I worked as well. So uh, so that's why I ended up in Sweden. Now, like I said, I didn't, I didn't intend to stay as long as I did, but uh, at a certain age, just get stuck in.
2: <laughs> okay. Well, listen,
3: we'll come back to some more
2: points right after this break. We'll be back right after this. We're
0: all here, here in Canada. Canada, where the Fathers of Confederation got together with the mothers of invention and created the kids in the hall. Canada, a wonderful place and the only place in the world that takes Canadian money at par. Yes. We love to travel throughout Canada. We recently were in Northern Ontario where they're so friendly. They're user friendly. I know because they said user friendly. We went to Kitchener, and in Kitchener they believe that the October crisis is when you run out of beer and sausages. because this is like a dream come true. I used to be a secretary and for six years I like I practically ran that company <laughs> into the ground. <laughs> no, I worked very hard at looking busy. And I had this boss, she was so mean, so I would call in Sickoletic. Oh I have female problems, yeah I have female problems, and she didn't know that I meant her. And
2: this is Bob Metz and this is just right on CHRW. <laughs> where you can call in at 519-661-3600. How's things going in there, Ira? <laughs> Just fine, Bob. Okay, I, Ira is our program producer today. We're going to be starting a little bit different uh, formats in the future, too. Again, you can also email us at justrightchrw@gmail.com. at And I'm here in the studio today with Paul Lambert, native Londoner who has been living and working abroad. I was just, in Sweden particularly, and in Iceland, and I was just thinking about you know, work ethic and government um, in in Sweden per, per se. You already sort of hinted that some of the people in stores aren't too helpful. Is in, in, in some sense, when I talk to other people about Sweden, they think of high-quality products like, uh, you know, the fine tools and machinery mm-hmm. and the cars. Um That almost seems contradictory to people who think socialist countries can't produce something of high quality. Um, How would you see that? Or is that the major industry there?
3: No, it is true that there is high quality. Um, For such a small country, Sweden stands out um, industrially compared to other countries its size, certainly more than a country like Austria or Hungary or places like that. Um, We have to remember that these companies, like Volvo in particular, that's probably the biggest Mm. one everyone knows, um, that, that was founded in 1928, so most of the the big high quality companies are much older than uh, than certainly the the high tax history of Sweden in the current government and uh, the current well it's it's interesting the well the current government the one that just came in uh, uh, the nominally conservative government but for the past hundred years the, the social democrats have ruled Sweden almost without interruption but for the first sixty or so years um, Sweden remained a low tax country It was simply by deficit spending the idea was to win the votes now with low tax and then. Mm-hmm the future generations to pay for it, which, which you know, we're doing now. So, so.
2: if that's the case, uh, um, are you suggesting then that these companies that that are known to us here are doing better because they sort of got in under the wire before the government came in? Did they give them special concessions or something like that, or did they not have to obey the same economic rules, restrictions and regulations that newer companies had to, or just that they were that, more
3: established? No, that, that was larger too in the beginning that... Uh, yeah, they sort of got in under the wire. Um, what nowadays happens, there are very few Swedish companies that are are wholly Swedish. Um, Volvo was bought out by Ford in 1998. And while a lot of Swedes had a rather emotional negative feeling toward that, it, it did make sense. I mean, Volvo had a reputation of a quality, solid car, safety, uh, environmentally sound. And the only way they could have continued that was to get the foreign backing. And that's true of many different companies. Uh, Saab is also owned by GM. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, Many other companies, and uh, it, it's interesting, a lot of these Swedish companies, they've moved their head offices abroad. Volvo's head offices in London now, London, England. Ah. And uh, there's very little that's uh, purely Swedish anymore, and they probably couldn't keep up in today's market. Now... You worked in Sweden, and you t- that's
2: where you taught for a while. That's right. What, what was your What was the thing you took about uh, took away from that experience uh, teaching in Sweden uh, that that might that Canadians might relate to? What, what would they think would be so different well, from how you might have seen it?
3: Well, different. I. It's just a more advanced state, I think, in Sweden when it comes to discipline in school. I mean, I, I tell parents parents, it's your job to discipline your kids. You know, we'll teach him what he knows, but they they just fail to discipline children at all in Sweden. And no, uh, it's the, yeah. parents the parents themselves. Parents can um, a school not do anything, or no? Well, no. By I discipline. Tried, I, do you mean uh, corporal punishment? No, no. I don't mean anything of the, I don't mean anything of the sort. I mean very things that seem quite straightforward. I mean, mm-hmm. I was quite a revolution when the, a, a child who was completely disruptive was sent out into the corridor for about ten minutes, and. Uh, and it's really strange when a, when a child doesn't like the way he's being disciplined, he runs to the headmaster to get the teacher into trouble. Can you imagine that? When I was young, you would never want to be sent to the headmaster to, to the principal's office. Right. But now it's you wouldn't want the kid going to the principal's office to tell the well. How do teacher, you so? uh,
2: you were the teacher? How do you how did you control students like that? If you you couldn't really could you kick them out? Could you expel them in any way? Or was well,
3: you're, you're technically not supposed to. Um, People looked the other way when mm-hmm. I when I did just that, and I don't want to say that every single day no. and every single kid was bad. It was a largely positive experience, but there was just enough of the negative that would made me decide I don't really want to follow that that career. It had less and less to do with education, more and more to do with bureaucracy and politics, and also uh, you know, disciplinary measures.
2: And what did you teach, like general subjects, or a yeah, at
3: that subject? at that level, and... it's much like here, where you have one teacher all day long um grade oh, 4 okay. 5 and 6 so it wasn't like yeah. kids
2: moving around from class to class no that's only older children uh-huh. which i had sometimes but not often now you were when you when you came back to canada mm-hmm. for this visit here you heard uh, actually heard me talking on the show last week about the possibility of howard hampton trying to introduce Uh, some form of socialized dental care uh, to the province of Ontario, and then you told me something about (laughs) the cost of dentistry there and you having to book what? uh, Well,
3: it's very funny that you should bring that up because I actually have a dentist appointment here in London tomorrow. It's cheaper for me to fly from Sweden to Canada for a dental appointment than it would be to have a dental appointment back in Sweden. That's at the socialized dental care. You can can go to a private dentist, but then there's the the state-run one, which you pay for anyway as well. It's subsidized. Through taxes, you mean? Yeah, through taxes. But but anybody could go in. Anyone can go in. You pay a user fee as well. And you pay a user fee. It it would cost... uh, What I have to pay for tomorrow's appointment here in in London Mm -hmm. would barely get me through the door at the at the socialized dentist in Sweden. Now, so, yeah.
2: here in London, are you being? Is insurance covered? No, your it's, you're no, just it's paying out of, out of pocket, pocket. and you still pocket. you're saying it's, still it's cheaper.
3: cheaper. Now I I just have a regular checkup, but um, my mother-in-law, when she was alive, she needed some serious work, and uh, we figured out that yeah, it would have been cheaper to fly here, first class, to London to get it done and send her back than it would be to. Uh,
2: that's very interesting because a couple of weeks ago I was talking, uh, relating a similar story, only in this
3: case it was from Canada
2: to India where mm-hmm. someone flew from Kitchener, Ontario, specifically to have some back surgery done in India. Mm-hmm. And it was cheaper uh, to go through that process and being put up at a four-star Class A hotel in India uh, for recovery than mm-hmm. it would have been to stay here and wait forever and ever to get, to get that kind of uh, treatment. Oh, I can believe it. Now how are are the swedes themselves aware of this problem is there no no one that wants to fix it and if you've got private dentists there are they more expensive too
3: well they are more expensive it is a real it, it's real irony you know the whole socialist idea everyone being equal and not being able to notice differences in class but in sweden the, the state of one's teeth is an indication of social status I and mean, if you are, don't have such great means then if you have a bad tooth it just has to be pulled out whereas someone who has more money can get it capped and do all mm. the proper work in that. So it really is an indication of social status in Sweden, just the state of one's teeth.
2: Isn't that interesting?
3: Mm. And,
2: and speaking of dental care, universal, mm. what about health care itself? That, how is that How is that done in Sweden? Very similar to Canada here in Ontario? Now, very it, different?
3: It, yeah, the, in the fact that there is a universal uh, insurance system, yes, that's the same. But no, private, no. Having having said, does that, probably, Does that
2: mean you pay a premium? No.
3: Um, well, yes, you do, you, pre, you pay a, a premium, uh, like a user fee. So you so pay you, you when know, you go for treatment, not, go not for, on when, an ongoing basis. No, no, you uh, pay you pay it as, as you use, just the user fee. Of course, it's very small. Um, there is private insurance allowed as well, and there are private hospitals. It's another irony of this idea of the social equaling, equaling everything out. Um, Sweden has some excellent hospitals, especially for cancer treatment, But uh, it's usually for foreign consumption. It's foreign people who go for treatment Mm. there. It's usually out of the means of ordinary Swedes. And yet their
2: taxes are subsidizing a huge portion of that industry, so to speak. Oh, yes. And and so if you were to go to uh, a hospital in Sweden, is there a long waiting time? Do they have the same problem we have here with waiting uh, lists? Yes, They do? Yes.
3: I've not myself had to avail myself of that service, but that, that is an issue in Sweden. And...
2: And how long would it take to get, what are the general wait times now? Do they, do they even talk about that there? Like, it's news no, here, well, maybe no, it's not what they news do, they there. Don't,
3: they don't tell the actual facts. What they do is, each election or each new uh, political upstart says, I want to guarantee you th- no more than a three-month waiting time. And then when the three months go out, he just complains the newspaper, oh, there's a violation of this great new rule I put out. Uh, we don't. We just know it's more than three months at any rate. Well, see, we're, we're just being exposed
2: to that brand of politics now for the first time where instead of guaranteeing us health care, they're guaranteeing us a
3: spot on the waiting line. Well, it's ridiculous. Uh, Unless that statesman's going to come down himself and give you treatment, he has no business promising anything. So,
2: so, what well, you know, given that situation, is, is Sweden just going on its merry way and they're going to leave things
3: like that? And, and no. Is, is there any... Any revolutionaries over there? Well, in spite of what I said, it, it's actually moving away from that. That's that's something I want people in okay. Canada to understand, especially in the United States. They've not had this, the same experience with socialized medicine yet. They think it's a great idea. A lot of Americans well, come to Sweden cool. and say, like, oh, wonderful, free medicine and free everything. Yeah, the but, sickle phase. Yeah, the sicko phase, perhaps. <laughs> but it that, that is something that European countries, we are moving away from. Um, and... And even uh, voices that traditionally have been very much for a socialized system have also sort of are, given are, in the towel. And,
2: are you, are Swedes generally aware of the debate that's going on over here in North America about the health care thing, either in the States or in Canada?
3: Uh, not beyond some things like Michael Moore and that sort of... Well, vul- so they, they've heard of Michael sort of sort Moore. Of, yeah. Oh, yes. He's, oh, he's, some people really love that, that gentleman. Oh, is that right? Uh, so He's pretty popular there. Well, among a certain crowd, yes.
2: Now... Now, you say that Sweden's kind of moving in the other way, meaning that they're privatizing more insurance, uh, allowing more options. Now, see, unlike mm-hmm. Ontario, I understand, is one of the few jurisdictions that actually doesn't allow private insurance options that compete with what the government offers. That's right. And uh, that doesn't exist in Sweden. You can buy No, You can insurance.
3: buy you can buy insurance. You can, uh, I mean, there is insurance. It's expensive that you, you can get that will airlift you to an American hospital in if that should be some kind of dire need you have
2: now of course somebody yeah. has to pay for all this uh, what you you work there how much of your money did the did the government swindle from you well, in taxes
3: well it, it starts well i don't want to talk personally the tax bracket starts it starts at 30% that's the lowest tax bracket in sweden no it, matter what 30%. income no matter well no it, it's it's graduated as you, if you make more money they take more but i mean but so so 30% 30, no there's no what 30%. i'm saying there's no um, what
2: do you call it exemption point like you don't pay any taxes below a certain point no it's right from the from the first, first dollar penny. yeah that's right wow that's yeah. uh that's an expensive proposition that's income too right oh well, that that's it's on income, income. Yeah. what about sales taxes do they have sales yeah, taxes
3: it's a 25% value added tax 25%,
2: 25%. and yeah. what about um
3: property taxes they uh they're in the process of getting rid of it there is oh, right getting now getting rid yeah. of property yes taxes. There, there was a legal argument about that because uh and also a practical argument, there are people who were buying houses who bought it 50 years ago when it was an inexpensive area of town, which now after 50 years are very central suburbs and their properties are suddenly worth more than they could afford. People have been selling their houses just to pay the tax. And uh, so it, probably in this term of the, of the current government, they're going to get rid of property tax. Now it'll likely be replaced by another, uh, some other kind of fee.
2: Well, but, certainly know. to the degree that properties re- do, do, properties receive services from governments there locally, or you know, but muni- but, muni- but they're all, that's all
3: like uh, the like the the dust the garbage collection that's all private, and you pay according to the size of container you use. So they're paying
2: property taxes even though the services their home receives are delivered by private yep, means which and they which pay is exactly, extra for that. Yes,
3: which is exactly what the argument they put forth for getting well, rid of property taxes. Sounds,
2: <laughs> like, sounds like a bit like our future there, doesn't it? <laughs> uh, listen, we've got to take a break now. On the other side, we'll come back and talk about a few other aspects of the differences between uh, the Canadian scene and the Swedish scene. We'll be back right after this.
0: We had a fabulous a story of there was Melissa Jane Hollands, an 11 year old girl who wasn't allowed to play the bagpipes. Just because she didn't go down to the Régis de l'assurance des raisons sociales du Québec, the Palais de Justice, the Bureau, the Chef des chiffres, des Dossiers, du quartier Général du Québec à Montréal, les statistiques des psychiatrices, des psychédéliques, des épices de deuxième étage, de résausser de pardon, monsieur, est-ce que je peux vous aider? May I help you? C'est pas ma job. Signez ici, 40 dollars, 40 bucks. Merci beaucoup. Suivant, next! them smoked salmon they'll smoke anything there we we crossed the country we were in newfoundland where the only fishery left is the unemployment beneficiary where where she says to him how about some foreplay and he says foreplay but there's just two of us
3: our environment is changing and the more tips you know the better our world will be now a 94.9 chrw green tip brought to you by the hosts of green world Chilean sea bass and Atlantic halibut are common offerings on many menus. These are in danger of being overfished. The concerns with many of the fish on the list include the fishing methods. For a great pocket-sized guide on what fish not to eat, visit MontereyBayAquarium.com. Listen to the Friday edition of 94.9 CHRW's feedback beginning at 11 a.m. for more green tips as the hosts of Green World will cover off all things environmental. You're listening to 94.9 CHRW,
1: owned and operated by the University Students Council, broadcasting live from the UCC building, room 250 at UWO London. For more information, log on to chrwradio.com.
3: Let's mix it up. Let's see. Some diversity. Some quality. Some DJ tourist. Ah! Ah, what the heck? Why not some more DJs? Now that is the sound of a great electronica mix. Listen each week on 94.9 CHRW for all things club, down-tempo, trip-hop, electro-funk, or breakbeat. Log on to chrwradio.com for more info on when your favorite electronica show will be on. Shows like Club Tracks, Jonathan Coe's Friday Session, Last Call, Twilight Trance. Log on to chrwradio.com for times and archives if you want to relive the electronica on London's Indie Station.
1: video one of the selling points of having Toronto host the Olympics was the diversity of Toronto there was a great uh, line in it in a promotional video that said 52% of uh, all the people in Toronto are immigrants as though to say uh, so come to Toronto less than 50% chance of meeting anybody from Toronto <laughs>
2: Welcome back. You're listening to Just Right with Bob Metz and with Paul Lambert, our guest today. If you have any comments or insights you might have to offer, it's 519-661-3600. Or you can email us at justrightchrw@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Now, that was an interesting comment that that was John Stewart just making a comment on those Fewer Torontonians than immigrants in in Toronto, Canada. Of course, has been a place of immigration for a long time now. Is that the same? Well, before I go on to that, there's a, there's a thing I noticed too. Maybe your accent, for example. You you acquired that accent once you went abroad because I knew you before you left and you didn't have quite that same accent. It's like. Uh, a local accent exported and then re-imported. And it's funny that it has that slightly British sound to it. Has anyone told you that you sound like you have a bit of a British accent I'm, now?
3: I'm accused of being English, Welsh, Irish. It's probably just my experience at the Irish pub for nine years.
2: You know what it made me think? Just looking at you on a personal level, it made me think that perhaps the British accent is does sound the way it does because of that um, integration of English with the European languages because once you acquire those accents all of a sudden it has that flavor to it if you want yeah, to call well, it that well,
3: english is a germanic language just like swedish and icelandic are mm-hmm. but if that accounts for the the accent itself I, i'm not sure are
2: you you're not aware of the accent are you until somebody brings brings it no, up no and
3: sometimes no it, sometimes it slips depends on the context i'm mean, in i slide huh. a bit irish at the pub but i always say it's not the british that have the accent it's you're the colonial you're the one who has the accent <laughs> now speaking of which now What's
2: the situation in in Sweden regarding um, immigration? Let's say, are they having the same problems as the rest of Europe, or that Canada is in terms of a, a huge influx of immigrants and well, um, um, officially the, changing, you know, the nature yeah. of of the country from what
3: it used to be. Well, there are many sides to this question. Um, uh, basically, the immigration has officially stopped in Sweden. Uh, there's not such a net, a net positive immigration anymore. Um in the nineties, uh during the problems in Yugoslavia we took a lot of refugees during that time and they've been able to go home and even a lot of Somalians have gone home as well. Um, but there there are still a lot of them, mostly from Arab countries who who come into Sweden. And uh So, so a, is um, is the immigration yeah.
2: policy open? Like if I wanted to move to Sweden from Canada, for example, would I have a lot of problems
3: doing that or it's a lot of paperwork at first. I mean I myself went through this uh through this process. Um, if you're coming to a job then that's not a problem if you're married to a Swede that's not a problem um, the, the difference between immigration I think in Canada you know North America generally and in Sweden is hi- historically it's always been a push to North America people looking for something better where I'm sorry it's been a pull it's hmm. been an attraction to North America Sweden it's been a push they're running away from something and they end up in Sweden and that, that's true for a lot of uh, for European countries it's uh, it's not necessarily first choice or last choice it's they're just running away from something much worse. And so they get some form of... So obviously Sweden has, must
2: have a high degree of what we might call uh, civil liberties and civil rights and certain protections that they're seeking. Is that well, the yeah, case, so or would you not look at it that way? Well,
3: it's true, certainly, yeah. with regard to the countries they come from. Um, how, however, these uh, these particular civil liberties, they're, they're not especially... Uh, they're not, the people who come here aren't looking for those liberties in particular. They're not philosophical right. immigrants. understood. They're running yeah. from they're a very running specific, from, concrete thing. But then again, and they and wouldn't
2: and run from their country they're running from to another one that's, that they would regard as three uh, times worse, no, you would exactly. think. Yeah, exactly.
3: Now, speaking,
2: while we're on that subject, you, know, you work in an Irish pub now in so uh, you, I, I did do. Or, yes. or you did. Yes. And uh, that was an inter- that must have been an interesting experience for you. Now, does that mean there's a lot of Irish people in, in Switzerland uh, that th- you could Sweden, actually, yes, or, sorry, uh, yeah. I'm looking at, at this thing here, yeah, no problem. Uh, in Sweden, does that mean that a lot of Irish people have immigrated there,
3: or just that the idea of drinking green beer is popular? <laughs> no, there's there's a surprising, uh, this was in Gothenburg, which is a port city, and there's a surprisingly large number of, uh, of, of immigrants, they're there for various reasons, a lot of Irish, Engri- uh, English, uh, a lot of French people, whenever we put a French football game on, the pub is packed with French people I think well, where did all these people come from it is It is quite a mix in, in that town in particular now, mm-hmm. that,
2: now that's very interesting now well, you had some uh, interesting experiences you must have had working in that pub mm-hmm. learning about the mores of people and what's acceptable and what's not mm-hmm. You, uh, I, I'm not sure if this happened in Sweden or one of the joining countries that you told me about again this comes back to people being friendly mm-hmm. you said uh, I think we were talking about uh, the friendly service, say, in a in a pub or restaurant. You said a lot of people wouldn't really appreciate that. No, that's
3: right. We were talking that we there was a, a young American woman who works as a waitress at the pub, and she's from mm-hmm. Alabama. And um, she's very good. She gives it all the southern charm, and she wants to right. make sure everyone's Which, happy. But And she's wondering why she's not getting any tips. And I told her later, I said, look, I love it. I, I'd want that, but... It doesn't work over here. People want to be served, then they want to be left alone. They don't want you to ask how they're doing. Do they want something else? They want something else, they'll get you. And they'll sort of whistle or snap or do some mm-hmm. other rude way to get your attention. And then, but I just said you're wasting your time with all the. And how did she react trees. to that? that well, must have, no, she, it, was, she was surprised.
2: Yeah. But, uh, so do people feel more isolated or do they prefer to be more isolated? It just seems to reflect that if you don't like that friendly approach. Well, there's uh,
3: not just the interactions between people are a lot. Uh, a lot colder in most respects. Now, now, here in North America, there's this idea that you have a certain personal space. You want people coming too close to you physically. We don't have that in Sweden. People push and shove. But when it actually comes to talking, dealing with people, it, it's far more cold. It's... Uh, is much more a wall of separation at that level.
2: That's uh, that's yeah. very interesting because you'd think it might be more the other way. Now, how is the situation? How how is it perceived? What would what would you say in general about the the violence and crime rate in
3: Sweden, or how, and maybe the police and how they react oh, to it? I, the most objective way I can put it is just out of control. It, it's absolutely out of control. Where we live, where I live uh, with my wife. Well, maybe we should have started on that subject. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, but <laughs> what, it, but what are is, you it's, suggesting? No, well what I'm suggesting is that uh, well, it, it's out of control. There's, there's all sorts of violence in, in the street. It wasn't always that way. When I first went there, it was it was okay, but it's become worse. Um, just violence, rape, murder, robbery, and there, now of- that that's surprising because you make it sound like a bit
2: as though the population has actually been declining a bit. It's strange that the rate of violence would go up in crime are the police not able to handle it or is it just a lenient justice system no
3: well it's it's a bit of both where, where I was going to say where I where I live the police advertise we only have 12 policemen in our entire province and uh, they also adver- the police themselves had uh, not only were they not drunk not to come to work but they said oh we're too drunk to work today just so they could get a day off and they get away with things like that now i live in a very remote place so i, I don't want that to be seen sure. as as pattern but, yeah, and I know the frustrations of the police as well. People are let off with very light sentences. and uh, So they're almost a, um, protesting in a personal way by doing that, aren't they? Sort of calling in sick or amazed you can what? call in drunk. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs> oh, that, that gets more to the work ethic generally in Sweden. The things that, you know, when when a third of the workforce calls in sick on Monday, you know, there's something there's something going on. Well, what's
2: <laughs> different now... That causes the higher crime rate than was not there before. Has it anything to do with the immigration? Anything to do with the well, I mean, uh, attitudes in the schools,
3: not teaching discipline and values or a combination of all of it? well, it's it's a combination. I mean, it is it is just a fact that the people who are committing these crimes are immigrants. It's, uh, and it's in uh, the way they, they're not allowed to say that on, on the radio or in the mm-hmm. newspaper. But they, they have certain code words in Swedish press. They say, "Oh, this suspect is from an area of town with a high level of immigration." Or when, uh, my favorite one is, uh, "A Swedish citizen has been arrested for this." Well, he's a Swedish citizen, but of course he was born in Syria or Algeria. So it's almost if somebody yes. reading it knows what. Yes, knows if they, they don't mention if they if they don't mention he's Swedish, then he's a native Swede. If they mention he's a citizen, you can very interesting there are certain code words they get away with
2: now another thing you mentioned in conversation when we were just talking about the possibility of this was you came here and you you hear a lot in the news about talking about money right now um mm-hmm. that uh canadian dollar skyrocketing and going through the roof and you know the high dollar is really hurting the country and yet you told me you hear quite a different story about the canadian dollar well of course abroad. it's all yeah
3: it's all relative. On the yep. world market, the Canadian dollar has fallen from where it has been, as only the American dollar has fallen rather faster. So. So that's so that, that's, that's, that's that's the, the source of the perception. Uh, right. So we yeah. just hear from the, because of the states because
2: we trade with them that's most right. of our trade, and. Uh, so does that bear upon Swedes at all? Does that mean anything to them or just keep their money out of, the country, out of our countries?
3: How much trade goes on between Canada and Sweden and North America generally? Oh, and I couldn't give you, couldn't oh. give you figures. Um, it, it is substantial. It, I only know from second-hand sources. So of course, yeah. working the pub, and there are a lot of traveling businessmen. It is, it is rather brisk, and I haven't noticed offhand any lessening over the time with the change of, uh, of the currency exchange rates.
2: Very interesting. Mm. Um, how is uh, how, how are Swedes about, over here, the big rage right now, of course, is global warming and uh, the sky is falling and the ice caps are melting. You guys are closer to the ice caps <laughs> than we are uh, <laughs> in some ways, more northerly, at least than we are here. Mm. Um, is it as big a thing
3: in well, Sweden or is it already old hat there? No, no, that, that's the big buzzword again. It, it sort of died off until Al Gore came out with his uh, little comedy on the, on the the silver screen a couple years ago about uh, global warming. So that's the buzzword again, how seriously people take it. I don't don't know, in academic circles it's taken very seriously, but uh, the common man in the street, I don't think he pays it much mind really.
2: I wonder if it's really the same here. Mm. Listen, we're going to take another break now, and when we come back on the other side of this break, we'll talk a little bit about uh, perceptions that we have about Sweden being this neutral nation. And uh, we'll talk a little more about that when we come back right after this.
1: It's a scary world out there, frightening people everywhere. We see someone scary, we go, wow, I wouldn't want to meet him in a dark alley. (laughs) Yeah, and who would you like to meet in a dark alley? (laughs) Rabbi Bipperman, what brings you to the dark alley? (laughs) I hope that knife is for circumcision. French I really know is I call it Saint Leonard French. You know? And whether you're Italian or not, you've run into one of these guys, I promise you. You know, just walking the streets. They're the guys that came from Italy, obviously, 20, 30 years ago. They don't speak English, they do speak French, but they still have that accent. You ever hear them? Hey! A porquetà, eh? You're laughing, I'm going to get shot.
2: Uh. Welcome back to Just Right. I'm Bob Metz and I'm here with Paul Lambert, who is uh, a former Londoner, now living in Sweden, soon to move away from Sweden again, which I'll talk about in a moment. But... um, uh, one of the other things I wanted to bring up was uh, this notion we always have of Sweden being the neutral nation. And one of the things you cleared up with me right away was that that's not necessarily the case. Is is that right, or is Sweden not neutral? According? It's all
3: it's all a matter of definition, Bob. I mean, officially, yes, they've been neutral. They've not taken part in either of the world wars, and mm-hmm. um, in the current conflict in terrorism, they take a a neutral stand. They they haven't really committed any troops. That's uh, not to say that they're not good at getting on a soapbox in a in a public forum, an international forum, and and uh, give condemnations. Especially their their favorite uh, target right now is Israel, and it's been for a long time. Um, Swedes generally like to stand on a the, the soapbox. They think they stand on Mount Olympus in arrogant judgment of every other country, and this has manifested itself in in a way where Swedes, individual Swedes themselves, get involved. They go abroad and get in, involved in. Uh, you know, in conflicts uh, of different sorts, and I like to think they're always on the wrong side. They have always taken the wrong side in any. Uh, now, conflict. now you caught me a bit by surprise
2: with that mm. comment. There, you mean what are they, they're soapboxing, soapboxing against
3: Israel? Oh, absolutely. In, Norway's even worse. Is that but in Sweden jumps on that bandwagon as well? Now is that the that's Swedish quote citizens or <laughs> the Swedes? No, that there? that no, that's official. That's the official Swedish position, and of course it's shared by Now, why by would the, they? People. Why would what? What is that based on? Well, historically, I mean, anti-Semitism is still very... it has a. It's latent, but it's still very strong in in Europe, and that's always the basis of it. And it's strong mm. in Sweden. It's strong okay. in Sweden. It it is, and and it could be just because of the large Muslim population, the politicians are trying to fawn to that mm-hmm. idea. I'm I'm not sure, but it is a it is an idea that's in them. Well, um, that's interesting. Yeah. Just in general, um, I know that
2: according to these uh, statistics, it said mm-hmm. official or or main religion is Christianity. Is the country generally tolerant towards all religions? Quote.
3: They're very anti-religion. Not only do they not go to church, but the, oh, most, the most vocal voices, of, of course the, there's the silent majority perhaps, mm-hmm. but the thinking classes, the academics, the vocal classes are very anti-religion, except Islam. That's the only good one in, okay. in their books.
2: E- even among the academics yes. and intellectual groups. that's right. Yeah. Um, how, how would Sweden be on an issue like what we have over here with the whole issue of gay marriage, for example?
3: Well, that's... Uh, that's largely been separated from the religious aspect except in one point which I can get to, but uh, um, there's no such thing as gay marriage by definition in Sweden or anything I mean marriage is a man and a woman, okay. If two men want to live together, they can do it. fine, go ahead, but that's not a marriage um they you can get like a civil partnership in which you have a joint property, so in an economic sense, they're married for whatever that word's worth. But uh, there's no actual. And they've had that anymore. for a while. Then they've right. had that. I think since ever since I've been there. Now, now. Any movement you know, to do what we've done here in Canada? To well, I'm not sure what you've done in Canada, but what they've done in Sweden, though, is uh, basically change a of, the definition of marriage. Well, they're doing that. The the Church of Sweden, which is a the official church, the Lutheran Church in Sweden. Uh, there's a big uh, there's a big row now about allowing church weddings of uh, you know gay marriage, and. Uh, Basically, if you've been against it, uh, you've been really ostracized from that that church. There's not really a room for uh, different opinions on that in that regard. Either you're for it or you're out of the church. And it's really interesting in Sweden, before they never had uh, female priests in Sweden, and those who were for female priests, they got kicked out of the church. Later on, they let female priests in. Those who were still against that, they got thrown out. So there was no no room for... uh, for, if you talk about yeah. tolerance. It, it's, not, it's not tolerance for a different idea. They, uh, they decide we're going to tolerate, you know, we're going to tolerate blessing to sodomites in the Holy Union, and then now you know,
2: if 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 the official, is, I imagine the government and the state takes that kind of an attitude too, more of what anti-religious or non-religious, I guess, not well, anti.
3: Well, officially non-religious. Mean, it's it's not a secular state. Being it is still a state church, but uh, it is the secular powers that uh, determine. Doctrine, almost, especially with regard to, uh, you know, to uh, homosexual relations.
2: And, and so, going on a broader level, then, how would you describe perhaps what we might call the sense of life in Sweden? Is it, uh, is it a positive one? Is it because you're 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 planning to move out of Sweden now, right? Yes. And, and so, tell me a bit about your thinking behind that and why, uh, why you're leaving, You're going back to Iceland, yeah, or you going back about to Iceland.
3: That? that was yeah, that's where I was happiest. And. Um, uh, the the sense of life in in Sweden, if uh, in in the broadest general sense, uh, of course, I can only go from my own experience, but I don't really see what the next step is. It, it's very negative. It's very cynical. Very everything is very cynical. You want to start something new, they don't want to do that. Uh, you know, I, I've tried my hand at business many times in Sweden. I finally have one that that works, but anything anything is new, anything is different. They have an aversion toward. And even in my business now, I do translating. So few of my customers are Swedish because I'm a new face on the block. Okay. Doesn't matter. I do a better service or I have a better rate. They they stick with what they with what they know.
2: Now, when you say yeah. starting, you must have started a few other tri- types of enterprises. Right. What kind of obstacles were you running into? Was it just?
3: It was just a, simply people not being interested in. In dealing with me, no. That, so I that's could, more uh, of a marketplace thing I, then. Is, marketplace. It's not like the government
2: coming to you and saying you need this license and that license oh, there and is that. that permission. There
3: is that. Not in anything. I, I deliberately stayed away from industries where that would be that would be. A that would be very prohibitive. That's right. Yeah. But it is prohibitive. It's hard to hire people. Um, Cost wise, it's impossible to hi- to fire people legally, and uh, so that's very that's very difficult as well.
2: So, what kind of people are generally hiring translators in Sweden these days? What what would you be doing mostly, person? Like, per- like, would it be a public forum or a private that you're working in in that sense?
3: No, no. Well, I, I run, I work as as a freelance myself. Uh-huh. So I, I, have contracts with people all over the world. Send me translations to do. Right? Oh, I, send I see. Them back. Okay. Now in the and age with email and, and you can do that, that from your home. I can basically. do it from anywhere in the world. Uh, yeah. How
2: many people are doing that? Uh, imagine the internet's. Uh, everyone's online in Sweden. Mm. You can. Uh, h- how about? Uh, television and broadcasting what's generally the fare that you get on television there that you might compare to getting here
3: well i'm glad you i'm glad you brought that up uh, on the the commercial stations the private stations it's pretty much the same as you get over here there's the big international hit shows do, you, do they uh,
2: play actually north american oh yes television? They, in, in
3: english it's it's subtitled and it's subtitle. texted in, okay. in swedish and that's one reason why swedes are so good at english they've it's not been dubbed. It's interesting. Uh, people don't know this, but in all the European, nearly all the European countries, you need to have a license to own a television. You have to pay one uh, of its four hundred dollars a year for the right to have a television in your house, and that pays for the the two in Sweden, the two state-run channels, which which I never watch. So you know you might like all the commercial channels, but if you watch those, you also have to pay this license for the two state channels that you might not watch. So <laughs> so.
2: You have a license to own a television? You have to have a license. Or yeah. uh, does it have to be renewed yes, at any time? Every, every year. How much a year?
3: I I think it works out about $400 Canadian a year just to have the just right to, to have, have a television. A and then if you set. want cable, you pay for that. Some people have satellites. Because I knew that was the case also in England. In Eng- well, in, in England, it's more strict, me. actually. If you get caught without a license, you have to go to court and get penalized. In Sweden, you just simply have to start paying. That must mm-hmm. have seemed very strange to you coming from North America where
2: televisions and radios are almost a commodity. They're like, you know, anywhere you can just pick one up for next to nothing and uh, yet being charged to have one. What yeah. if you have two or three uh, uh TVs in your home. How much do you pay for
3: that? No, no, you, you pay for the right to you you can have 10 TVs if you want, it. you pay per household. Oh, okay. So, so you're a, not paying uh, 400 no, no, 800. You, you pay no, for like the that. right to have access to television. Uh,
2: yeah, I'm being told here we've only got a couple of minutes left. So, There's just one more thing I wanted to just touch upon before we leave. Man, I got so many subjects I didn't even get to half of them. <laughs> if I'm a Canadian or if I'm an American, let's say two different if I go to Sweden, am I would I be treated differently? Would I be perceived differently by Swedes or would they see us as the same? Or like you, you must have experienced this as a
3: Canadian being there. Um. No, it's uh, when you when you first go. I mean, the, you're perceived. I mean, there's always the the preconceived notions. Uh, we don't. They're not really so familiar with Canada at all. So I mean, you'll be talking about Americans and. You know, if you go, you know, you're a very slim man. You'd be, you'd break the mold of what they think an American is. Um, they have the preconceived okay, yeah. notions of Americans. So, right as a
2: Canadian, way. you'd be perceived more as an American. They wouldn't really make that distinction, no. which which Canadians say is a distinction made in many other countries around the world. You
3: know, no, they they think so. And and this this habit Canadians have of sewing a Canadian leaf on their backpacks. I mean, anyone listening, I'm telling you, that is the silliest thing in the world. People look at that and laugh their heads off. I mean, Canada is the only country that does it. So it was a maple leaf on their backpacks when they travel abroad, and people <laughs> you know, look at that and it's just funny. laugh. Are you their heads sure off. you're looking at Canadians? <laughs> because I heard Americans are doing that to, to
2: disguise themselves, <laughs> to, disguise to, them all, perhaps, to get away from the anti americanism well, maybe then, they'd then, rather be well, laughed then at they'd meet
3: the ridicule of a, to any distinction between Canada and America. That's the only one that comes in the mind of a, a Swede. Oh, he sews a flag on his backpack.
2: Right, no, just just so. so really, you're saying that you, it was easy for you, fairly, to, to integrate there, live there for a while.
3: It was, but it's not really fair because I, mm. I came from Iceland already, where the culture oh, right. sort of halfway in that direction mm. anyway. So I, I was able to ease in, but it was it did take a while to get used to.
2: Well, we'll see how this follows up. Uh, maybe uh, next year you might be visiting us uh, from you know from a different country <laughs> abroad, and then we'll might might. Have you in the show and tell I'll us a little to. bit about sure. what that's about. Anytime. Thanks for joining us today, Paul. And uh, I know we don't see each other regularly. You're going to be back uh, in Sweden, I guess, a week from now. That's right. So uh, thanks for dropping by. It saved us the long-distance call, you know, we <laughs> have you here in person, which I think is cheaper than making the call from there, right, under the system. <laughs> Anyways, glad to have you with us. See us again next week when we will continue our journey in the right direction. Until then, be right. Stay right, do right, act right, and think right. See you then.
1: Fade
2: into color, color into black and white. Under the bedclothes, everything will be alright. This
1: is my impression of every dad in the world calling their son in the house for dinner. This is what it sounded like when I was a kid. Maybe it was similar for you. Every dad in the world calling their son in the house for dinner. Him. Thank you very much. Thanks a lot. All right, now, now, here's every mom in the world. Every mom in the world calling their son in the house for dinner. Listen closely for the subtle difference. Ahem. You you start expecting backup vocalists to come out of the house. There's gonna be some broccoli tonight!